Hello and welcome. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm your host, Meg Berryman, and this is the Beyond Being Well podcast. Here at the show, we are passionate about helping you, helping you build deep relationships with yourself, the earth, and others, helping you foster a deep, embodied sense of well being and empowerment, helping you slow down, work sustainably, and consume mindfully and helping you create social change from the inside out. So settle in, get cozy, and let's get straight on with the episode. Hello, dear ones. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Meg, and I am recording this on a cloudy, windy day up here in central Victoria, as of recording, we are still where I live, at least in stage three lockdown in Victoria. Um, Melbourne's still in stage four lockdown, um, but spring is on the horizon and the days over the weekend were a little warmer um, and they were carrying kind of the scent of blossoms and um, freshly cut grass because I got to get out on my ride on lawnmower which is always as you know super satisfying for me but I'm wondering how you're going today and what you're feeling and how your body is expressing and maybe how it wants to move and maybe we could just before we dive into this conversation take a pause to roll our shoulders take a breath maybe open and close our jaw give the back of our neck a little massage maybe give ourselves a little hug and just to really settle into this conversation. If you're out walking, if you're driving, if you're snuggled in for a cuppa, we're just gonna get cozy and have a little chat um, about relationships. And it's gonna be fun. Um, So I can't wait to dive in. But before we do that, just to let you know that I've popped up the Facebook group Um, again and over the next couple of months I'm going to be sharing a whole lot of free masterclasses the first one starting this Thursday um, which I believe is the 3rd of September Um, and that is all about creating regenerative spaces so if you're an educator if you're a consultant if you're a coach if you're a healer if you're running group programs, even one-on-one work um, as a counsellor or within your activist or community work, then I'm really going to break down how I create safety and connection and um, impact in the spaces that I hold and just really share my process and then take you through a process to map out yours of what regenerative spaces really feel like for you in your business or your work. Um, And it kind of links into this conversation a little. So I'm really happy about that. And that's a free masterclass. You can catch the replay or watch it live in the free Facebook group, Regenerative Life. And I'm also in October running a free three-part masterclass series on money and making change. And so some of you know I have been on an enormous journey um to neutralize and normalize a lot of money shame over the past few years 
um, and really step into stewardship of my resources in alignment with the vision of the world that I want to see. I've learned so much. I've learned from incredible mentors and I'm putting it all together in a free masterclass series in October as the lead up to my Unbound Business Mastermind um, which is a regenerative business mastermind starting in late October. So all of those events can be found in the events tab in the free Facebook group, which is called Regenerative Life. And I would love for you to come and join us over there. It's such a beautiful community of like-minded folks. Um, My all-time favorite is when we share... um, pictures often of um, things that we've seen out in nature or things that have just sparked our interest and it really is um, a place where people share the same values as you so come and hang out also last call for those joining us um, the following Thursday the 10th of September in Embodied Changemaker if you're looking for an entry point into my work um, it is like the introductory course so what you learn there is going to have really big impacts in the way that you're showing up in the world as a change maker, whether that's in your family, community, in your business or in your workplace, or just within the work that you're doing on yourself, your personal development work. Um, so we're really going to be building your capacity to make and sustain change by um using lots of embodiment tools and together also reimagining the new paradigm of change making. So it's going to be just a beautiful supportive four week experience with my lovely friend, Ali. Um, and we just really can't wait to welcome you. So if you're looking for an kind of entry point into this work, then you're going to get so, so much out of that, um, container. Okay. That is all the announcements. And I'm just taking a breath now and I'm looking out the window at the gum trees that are swaying in the wind just for us. I've had a really cool few days of working with clients. Um, My Unbound Business Mastermind is ending in its current form and uh, those folks are just really stepping into deeper and deeper levels of authenticity and alignment and impact and I'm loving that Um, also the folks in Sacred Steward are journeying and deepening and I'm doing a lot of the one-on-one calls for that at the moment which I'm really adoring as well as my one-on-one clients using human design and somatic work with business clients and it's just really bloody filling me up at the moment and I'm wondering what's filling you up I always love hearing from you on Instagram or Facebook or Messenger. So let me know. Let's form a relationship. Let's deepen our connection. All right. Today's topic is called regenerative relationships. And it's something that I'm super passionate about and also something that I've been on a really big journey around. Um, So maybe I'll start there. Maybe I'll start with my story around relationships. I um, am a manifesting generator and I'm a 4-6 manifesting generator, which means that relationships and making relationships is something that I'm naturally okay at um, and that through relationships is how I create influence and impact. That being said, I think that In most of my um, teens and certainly throughout my 20s, I developed a lot of unhealthy relationships uh, with intimate partners, 
I developed a lot of unhealthy relationships with peers um, and really learning how to relate in a healthy and regenerative way has been a really big part of my work for the last three years. It's the reason why I'm so passionate about creating group containers as opposed to always working one-on-one because relationships is the place where most of us would have received pain or wounding or big experiences, big emotions that we may not yet have processed, completed or metabolized. And so, of course, next door they're now using a circular saw as I record this. So um, bear with me for that. Um, Can't control the circular saws, my friends. Um, So yeah, I'm really passionate about it because for me, it was the place that was really painful. I had a lot of wounds around other women. I also had a lot of wounds um, from really unhealthy intimate partner relationships and as as a survivor of both um, sexual assault and abuse, um, that's been a really big journey for me as well. Really big part of my vision as well and why I do this work in the world. And so I feel like it has been really challenging, but at the same time, it has been the part of my personal development work that I feel like I've reaped the most incredible rewards from in that now being empowered to relate in healthy um, ways, um, I'm able to actually receive nourishment through relationships, whereas before I couldn't. I am able to be with other people um, and experience pleasurable moments together without being worried about when the other shoe's going to drop. I'm able to let go and play a lot more and have lots of laughter. And I'm also able to have a really great toolkit now of practices um, and approaches and perspectives which enable me to write the flow of communication and information and nourishment between people that really comes in handy when I'm in my work. It's absolutely amplified my capacity to influence, impact others and to create really healthy, safe, regenerative spaces because I'm no longer afraid of what's going to come up like in a client session or I'm not afraid of what's going to come up in circle. Um, And that really comes from having mapped within myself that dance between what someone else has done or said and then the meaning I make from that and the emotions that are attached to that. I've really done a lot of work mapping my own triggers and responses to other folks and to really take responsibility for... um, being sovereign in those relationships. So I feel like this is the cornerstone for me of what regenerative culture is. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about what the impacts are of when we do start relating in this way to self and others and earth um, in that bigger picture at the end. So what is a regenerative relationship? For me, I see everything in relationships. The capitalist structures um, 
and structures that have been created based on accumulation of property really see the world in in the form of the material in the form of the actual things whereas deep ecology work and how i see the world is the relationship between things so I can sense intuitively where flows of energy are going and moving to within and between people and within systems. And so I've always seen not the thing itself, but the spaces in between the things and the relationship between the things. And really that's the way that the natural world is orchestrated, is constructed, is not a set of things that are all independent from each other, but a set of interrelated, interconnected um, species which are living in an ecosystem that is constantly evolving and responding. And so I think when we come into this conversation about regenerative relationships, it's really useful to remember that um, we were never separate from the earth, we're never separate from nature, and so we can look there to some clues to how we can receive better nourishment from our relationships and how we can build cultures and systems and communities that are built on healthy relationships as opposed to toxic ones. And so if you look at um, my veggie garden, for example, which has been built on permaculture principles, you'll see um, a diverse range of species all um, coexisting in the same space, each playing different functions and each being interconnected through the soil and the microbes in the soil through root systems um, even through um, their flowers and therefore the other species that allow them to pollinate like bees they're all connected in some way either physically or via like these species that act as um, connectors and so it is the very nature of their diversity that allows them to generate new and emergent possibilities within that ecosystem. Um, because they're not trying to be anyone else, the calendula flower is not trying to be an nasturtium flower and vice versa. Each of them can play their role and they can communicate clearly because each of them knows who they are and what their role is in that broader ecosystem. And so as we move through this conversation, to really think about that, um, to keep coming back to that concept of it's not the thing, we're not fixated on the thing, we're fixated on the relationship between things and how when something shifts in the ecosystem, everything else has to shift or move as well because they are interconnected. So for me, regenerative relationships are mutually beneficial and supportive relationships that allow nutrients, resources, and information to flow between them. If you think about the fact that as humans, we are here to look after ourselves, but we're also here to look after the community and also here to move humanity forward as a collective. And in order to do that, we need to understand the relationship between us and the relationship between the things that sustain us, aka the earth and her resources. And so really focusing on regenerative relationships in our personal development work for me starts to build systems which are the reflection of those relationships and which are the reflection of our relationships to ourselves and therefore to each other.
and therefore to the earth. And part of the biggest movement that is required here to build communities based on regenerative relationships is to actually acknowledge and accept our interconnectedness, to start to push against the lies that capitalism and supremacy and patriarchy have taught us, which is to say we are separate from and we are better than and we are alone or we are islands to really start to question that because most of us will say we desire deeper connections in our lives we desire deeper nourishment in the form of relationships with others but very few of us are willing to step into that interconnected web and take our place there because of these past experiences that we have had with other humans and so the more we can really foster and regenerate the relationship with self, the more capacity and resilience I found we have to be able to enter relationships that are healthy, relationships that are regenerative and relationships that are emergent. I had a beautiful um, example of talking to a friend recently and I was on Voxer with her just sharing a voice message and I could see this rainbow outside my window and I just kept saying to her on the Voxer message I just can't stop staring at this rainbow I just feel like I have to pull over the car and it was such a strong impulse but I had no idea why I was on a freeway I was like this is really uncomfortable and awkward I don't want to pull over the car but I did end up pulling over the car and took a photo and I sent it to her and she said thank you so much that rainbow is really meaningful to me and she explained why and I was like aha was this moment of realizing that we don't have all the information and we're never meant to have and accumulate all the information we rely on other folks knowing different things having access to different forms of wisdom leading in different ways expressing in different ways to be able to map the whole and just like nature just like my beautiful veggie bed we all have different access points to different nutrients and different resources and different information. And unless we are actually willing to step into be a part of life rather than feeling like what our job is here is to control or coerce it, then we lose the flow of nutrients from the earth we lose the flow of nutrients from our own regenerative power and we lose the flow of resources from other humans, including information, nutrients, support, love, nourishment, all of those things. And so I think that in the personal development world, we've got a little way laid with like, meet all your own needs without remembering that, yes, being able to meet ourselves is like fundamentally important, particularly when we're at the really the ebbs of our capacity and when we're feeling really tender and when we're in a shame spiral and when we just want to retreat like yes being able to meet ourselves there is everything and it is fundamentally one of the most important skills as a change maker that will allow you to expand and magnify your impact across all areas of life and at the same time we were never meant to do it alone we were never ever meant to be separate from that which sustains us, which is ultimately the earth and our community. And so as I go through the next six points around what regenerative relationships are, just keeping that framing in mind. So the first aspect of regenerative relationships is that they are seasonal. 
And I think that growing up in a Hollywood culture where relationships are very two-dimensional, where folks meet, they have a conflict, they make up, and then they live happily ever after, that's kind of the blueprint for relationships. We're never really shown the messiness. We're never really shown the repair. We're never really shown that person meeting themselves at the ebb of their capacity. And so to really understand and respect the fact that in order to step into the interconnection of life and of humanity, we need to be willing to accept that we are all in different seasons and that our relationships are all in different seasons as well. And to really just honor the fact that relationships have beginnings and they have middles and they have... um, what's that period at the end where you start performing and then they have deaths. And so I don't believe for me that looking at nature, relationships were ever supposed to be static and they were ever supposed to be fixed as one thing. They are dynamic. They are evolving. They go through seasons and we ourselves go through seasons within them. And really that pain of being at a different season to someone else, I see play out so strongly in a culture that has taught us about scarcity, that there's not enough. And so if that person is in a summer and I'm in a winter, that's really fucking triggering for me. I see it all the time and again I come back to that fundamental pillar of relationship with self and how have we learned to meet ourselves in those experiences and to normalize and neutralize them so that we can step back into the flow step back into truth and step back into taking our place in the web of life and claiming our function and and owning our function in that web So the next piece is that regenerative relationships are interconnected. They're not enmeshed. And um, this has been a really big one for me because I feel like I grew up um, being highly attuned and highly sensitive to the needs of folks around me, which, as most of you will know, is is a very normal response to trauma. And, and by trauma, I mean, it's a very normal response to when we've felt overwhelmed and, um, our feelings have surpassed our capacity to be with them. And so I grew up being hyper attuned to changes in my external environment, particularly around my caregivers. And as such, I developed a pretty, um, uh, deep sense of enmeshment and I say that with a lot of compassion because it was a very normal and healthy response to the environment and so going through my teens and 20s I could see that pattern of enmeshment and particularly I think for young girls who are conditioned to enmesh really we are conditioned very early to be same rather than different and to belong rather than stand out and that's exactly how the patriarchy operates right is to really make sure that no one is standing out no one is sticking their neck out so to speak And so I really developed an enmeshment with um, peers and a deep enmeshment with intimate relationships, um, which was kind of a codependent strategy of if you're not okay, then I'm not okay. Um, And again, I I feel like all these resources and tools that I've learned to be able to meet myself when I'm not okay and also to meet myself when those around me aren't okay – 
has been so, so useful in starting to develop a really healthy sense of self and a really sovereign sense of self that is unenmeshed from others' energies and therefore I'm really able to more so than ever um, have a distinct experience of what is mine and what is theirs without it being um, all one. And therefore, um, yeah, I mean, in human design, we talk about this as, as really the realm of the solar plexus. And whether we're defined or undefined, I think culturally we have um, developed a relationship to emotions which still speak to the fact that um, expressing them isn't good and that's dangerous. And so what we often find and what it's been my experience around my solar plexus is that um, in relationships I've expected the other person to keep me safe and I've expected that other person to be really okay. And when they're not, it's been really activating and mobilizing for me. And so that really reflects the pattern of being activated and mobilized by my own lack of capacity as well, which has been a big learning curve. But coming into health in the solar plexus has looked like actually taking responsibility for my emotional experience instead of constantly blaming others for what I'm experiencing or how I'm experiencing the world or expecting them to fix me or pick up on what I need without me actually verbalizing it. So it resulted in a lot of stomping around and door slamming and blaming and projecting and getting angry with instead of just acknowledging and learning the skill set to turn around and say, I'm actually feeling really bloody vulnerable or I'm actually really scared or I actually just really need um, a bath today or I really just need some space. And so I think that culturally, because we haven't really been taught that toolkit of mapping our emotions, sitting alongside them and then alchemizing them, embodying them and metabolizing them, that we see a lot of relationships operating in that dynamic of um, you owe me or you have to make this safe for me. And when we don't or they don't or they can't or they can't meet us there, then that creates a lot of ruptures. And so I think when I work with folks around human design that the solar plexus is somewhere I always look to first to see is that in health or is that in its shadow form and how can we start really honouring our emotional experience and learning the toolkit to, um, to name and express emotions in a healthy way um, which really, in my experience, liberates an enormous amount of creative capacity to be able to do our change-making work in the world. So when someone says, I'm at capacity, I can't possibly take on anything more, to me that's always a, let's look at, um, let's look at our emotional health and how we're meeting those different emotional expressions. So um, what's next? Ah, yes. Regenerative relationships are emergent. And so by that, I mean that as humans, because we all have different ways of expressing and different ways of relating and different ways of seeing the world, that when we come into connection with each other, it is a symbiotic relationship that allows meaning, new meaning and emergent creative possibilities to be tended to. And so... What we see is that when a group of people come together and they're embodied and they're 
grounded and they're feeling safe, um, that what is possible in that, and, and when there's some scaffolding and tools and resourcing being built, what is possible in that environment is new possibilities to be imagined and created. And so um, I have a really big passion around working with social impact organizations and teams and families to be able to find these um how to how to restore and return the flow of energy into the system um <clears throat> to be able to and i mean circle's a beautiful toolkit for that as well right all the all the tools we learn in circle for example what happens um when someone outside of us mirrors something that mobilizes us or activates us a little and that mirroring of relationship being a beautiful invitation not to blame that person for activating or mobilizing a past hurt, but to really acknowledge that what they've brought up is something that needs tending to, something that needs completing or something that needs digesting or metabolizing within us. And so regenerative relationships there is lots of things through that flow of nutrients and resources and information that um, can emerge from that. Just like my veggie garden, there could be a cross-pollination that occurs or there could be like the meeting point of two species then inviting um, a certain type of compost which encourages a mushroom to come and thrive there. Um, that that's really what happens in relationships and I think in this environment of control and conform we're not super stoked about the idea of emergent possibilities of new creations and yet at the same time if we're really going to reimagine our systems and cultures and we're going to do that from a place of self-empowerment then we have to be open to and really in search of hunting for those emergent opportunities that come from us getting together collectively to reimagine what is possible and to be truthful about what it is that we've experienced in our humanity. So we often see this is called didactic learning when people come together and just through the sharing of information that creates a new meaning that has been made within that group or that cohort of people. Um, and so if we're not willing to be in relationship and really capitalism wants us to be productive units that are separated from each other and that work, because when we do that, we consume more. So to disrupt the capitalist toxicity Actually coming into regenerative relationships and choosing to spend our time and energy there is probably the most radical and rebellious thing that we can do. Um, I really, really believe that um, if we want to build systems that are pro-humanity, that are pro-our well-being, that are pro-thriving, we need to be willing to invest our time and energy, not just in being productive, not just in our own abundance, not just in our own development, but in the development of the relationships between us and what is possible and emergent from that is like endless possibilities that we couldn't yet possibly imagine because we're all trying to do it on our own. So the next piece is that regenerative relationships are dynamic and flexible, right? And so um, in that way, because they're dynamic and flexible, they're also resilient and adaptive. 
And so I really want to make a point here around um, toxic relationships. I don't believe some of what is spoken in the personal development and spiritual worlds around stick out your relationship no matter what because there's like learning and they're just mirroring back to you what you need to learn. I think that what I've seen is that that becomes a place where particularly women flagellate themselves into and gaslight themselves into being and staying in relationships that are not nourishing and resourcing under the guise of I've just got to do more learning. I really think it's a nuance and the more we become embodied, the more um, our own internal resilience and emotional adaptability develops, we start to get a really clear sense of which relationships are actually serving us and which ones we aren't. And you know what? It's your life. So if you want to walk away, if you want to say, I don't consent to this, if you say this is enough and I'm not having it anymore, regardless of why you did that movement, I bloody honor that movement. And I really, really honor that place that we get to in relationship that says, I just can't do this anymore. And that that is returning to safety in some way. And I really, really want to honor that, particularly because I've worked for so many years with women who have experienced incredible trauma and abuse. I think it's so important that we don't gaslight those choices and we don't um, we don't continue this victim blaming culture of like if you just had a stayed and work harder i think that in relationship that is a really toxic place where the patriarchy plays out with this um, sense of isolation that is born from capitalism and so we just stick in unhealthy relationships or we don't acknowledge when their time has come to an end when we just need to turn away or look away or um or to tend to ourselves for a little while. And I think that relationships that are regenerative, by the very nature of the fact that they're regenerative, should be able to hold that, or there should be able to be a structure or a flow or a system put in place within that relationship to repair once you come back together. But I really, um, I just don't believe in overriding our internal sense of safety in order to learn the lesson that just for me creates more shame and more unsafety and more disconnection and so sometimes actually what is regenerative is to walk away just like in um, nature when there is an overabundance of um, a certain predator or a certain microbe or a certain bug that the system will adapt to that and will say we need to orient differently there's feedback here that we need to register and so I just really wanted to put that piece there on the flip side though if it is a relationship that you feel like is nourishing and supportive and mutually nourishing and supportive on some level I feel like regenerative relationships need to have the resilience and the capacity to hold different truths and to hold um the dynamic changes like I spoke to at the start of the different capacities and seasons that the people within those relationships are. I worked with a beautiful mentor called Nikki for a while and Nikki taught me so much about how to develop trust and resilience within teams and so much of it comes down to the fact that in the capitalist system 
excuse me, we haven't really embedded practices that enable folks to feel heard and supported and seen. And so the favoring of productivity above all else actually creates um, an overriding of the subtle changes and shifts within individuals' lives, which um, affect the workplace and then which affect the whole team, right? And so if we don't have a place and really structured supports, it can be as simple as like having check-ins at the start of every Zoom meeting, asking really great questions to develop a deepening sense of rapport. Information can only flow and nourishment can only flow when that established channel of connection has been created. And as regenerative leaders, it is our role within our spaces, which is why I'm running a masterclass, to start to build those connections between, like within folks and then between them as well. And so this idea of like dynamic and flexible gives people within relationships, gives each of us within relationships permission to change and to be in our own seasons whilst having these structures and processes to be able to meet somewhere in the middle. And so a really good example is, you know, Dave and I, when we met, um, he was posted to Timor for five months just after we'd started dating. And he, that that we had to talk on the phone every day and it was a secure line because of the work that he was doing and so it was like there was no Skype there was no Zoom we couldn't even see each other but we needed to develop communication tools to allow the flow of information and connection to continue even when one of us was feeling that desire to retract or withdraw right is like as soon as someone steps into a place of I'm not good enough or that person's judging me because of our own wounds and our own hurts that we're carrying and we retract from the relationship without having communicated that that is what stops the flow of communication and so it's not about again grinning and bearing it it's about having a toolkit to speak openly about our own experiences and not be mobilized or triggered or activated when our own experience doesn't match the experience of someone else um so yeah so relationships regenerative relationships are dynamic and flexible and they're flowing and they go through phases of challenge and to really normalize and neutralize challenge in relationship as if it is one of those relationships that we've identified that is regenerative and supportive and nourishment and nourishing how do we live through those challenging times in teams in relationships in community how do we continue to invest in the relationship and tend to the relationship even when the flow of communication or resources or nutrients for whatever reason is not flowing um and so a really good example is we've been having conversations with our neighbor, really challenging conversations around our animals and um, what happens in their space and what happens in our space. And my goodness, every part of me has wanted to walk away from those conversations rather than engaging with the discomfort of not having an answer to the to the situation right because there's just no quick fix there's no easy answer no one is right or wrong which is the supremacist culture of needing to be the expert 
and I want to walk away and I just want to rub my hands of it and like wash my hands of it and just like say enough. But because they are my neighbor and because our kids are really like get along and because we really get along and we want that relationship to be regenerative, we've had to build capacity to stay in that conversation. And I think that when I'm working with groups, a lot of that first part is around building our capacity to stay even when we're feeling mobilized and to tend to ourselves in that because that is what's going to happen in life and it's certainly what's going to happen as we make change. And in the kind of supremacist culture, we have this value on like being expert and right and even in the activist spaces, this is kind of carried through and my invitation is like, how does that feel needing to be right? How does that feel in your body? How does that feel in the relationship? Does it feel flowing and dynamic and evolving and and um, revolutionary or does that feel stuck? And I feel like that moment of when you're in a conflict or you have different opinions or something has brought something up in you for you to reach your hand over the table and be honest about what it is you're feeling is the hardest and most revolutionary and rebellious thing that we can do as leaders is to say where can I take responsibility here and where where is not my responsibility where can I soften into my own experience here and to normalize and have compassion for that and then where can I speak to where I see that the rupture has happened and really moving beyond the shame of rupture to really understand that rupture in relationship is normal and healthy and in fact such a regenerative part of the cycle I think is really where our work is in this space um, is to say that we live in a culture where if it's not working perfectly we just want to walk away how do we build our capacity to stay in the conversation even when it's really hard and we need to do that if we're going to have conversations about race and if we're going to have conversations about speaking up and if we're going to have conversations about equity and justice and sustainability and regeneration is that we need a toolkit to be able to tend to ourselves and still be in relationship at the same time. Um, I was talking to my husband about this last night because in Sacred Steward at the moment we're talking about truth-telling and how truth-telling is really hard to do, basically. That it is something that brings up a lot of stuff to actually name and own and honor our truth, knowing that our truth may change, knowing that sometimes just the speaking of it is the thing that creates more connection. And he, because his background is in peace and conflict, was talking about the elements of positive peace versus negative peace. And that negative peace is just the absence of conflict. So you could have a relationship where there's just an absence of conflict and it's fine and like everyone smiles and get along, but maybe there's a deeper part of you that's really desiring satisfaction and nourishment and like thirsting for depth. And so the invitation is how deep are you being with yourself and how deep are you allowing yourself to be with others or is there a story of like they can't meet this here, they can't meet me here. 
because the element of positive peace is also not just the absence of conflict, but it's the creation of um, structures and systems that allow actually new emergent ideas around peace to um, be created. So actually it's this positive form of connection that um, people are feeling really safe and really connected and people are feeling really able to be in their own truth and really embodied and that that positive peace is really what we should be striving for but that the positive peace is almost always built on the back of rupture and so I think culturally we have met rupture with this idea of positive peace of like just smooth it over but in our nervous systems that's almost a freeze response you know you think about two world leaders i won't mention names but you know two world leaders that are the embodiment of supremacy and um toxic capitalism and that they're meeting and they both have an attachment to being right and they both have you know an attachment to to the ego of the identity of their role and so vulnerable leadership open leadership truth telling is not really an option there it is positive peace they grin and they sign the agreement and they take the photos but there's this really tense kind of frozen atmosphere in the room there's no room for like positive constructive dialogue um it's just the absence of overt violence which is essentially like gaslighting um and so i i I think regenerative culture has to be willing to envelop and embrace the idea of um, of rupture as a normal part of life and then repair as a normal part of life and that that toolkit again as change makers in my experience you know how much liberation has come from being willing to be like I made a mistake or I'm still learning or what do you need in this moment or um, and it's and it's not about going into a shame spiral and taking too much responsibility, right? Like I don't want to take responsibility for another sovereign being's experience necessarily, but I can also really honestly now have a conversation with myself around and, you know, I work a lot with business clients around the fear of feedback and how much that holds us back from actually taking any action and how we can metabolize those experiences in a really healthy positive way and build deeper rapport and deeper connection that comes on the other side of those micro and macro ruptures um so that is all i wanted to say about the elements of regenerative relationships i say that's all i want to say it's been 45 minutes so i think that's enough but um i guess just to end that wherever you are in your quest for regenerative relationship what i really want to speak to is um that your desire to be in relationship i really bloody commend it and i never want us to override that natural instinct to gather and be together and belong during these times, during COVID times, those ruptures have the potential to turn into chasms. And I'm going to get really emotional because it's something that is really important to me. And it's something that I have toyed with the idea of not running my programs in groups. But I know that when we move past that initial discomfort, 
of the newness of relationship, of feeling our tender edges of like, I'm not good enough. When we build a toolkit around that, we develop the capacity to actually be together again. And not only just be together again, but experience things together. And that's really what builds the fabric of a life what builds the fabric of societies, what builds the fabric of communities, what I want for my granddaughter's granddaughters, you know, is to be able to be together and have a toolkit to be together, even when it's challenging. And I think that through COVID, if there's anything that you can do as a change maker, it is learn to meet the edges of all the places you want to run away and turn away and go within instead of being in relationship because when we do that we are standing for humanity rather than extraction and we are standing for our messiness rather than our perfection and we are standing for each other and we are standing for ourselves and that is what I'm interested in creating and that is the conversation I'm interested in having and so if anything um, has spoken to you in this please reach out because I can't do this work alone. We need to do it together. Um, and I have a toolkit and I have some ideas, but together I think that we can reimagine something even more profound and beautiful than what we already have. So my darlings, that is all I have to say. I hope you have a wonderful week. I can't wait to see you in the free trainings coming up in Embodied Changemaker. I know it's just going to be magic and, um, We're going to build some capacity to make change. Lots of love. Bye.